there was a lot of like tears, frustration, and I want to give up. Uh, but what kept me going is I kept everything small and simple. So I didn't have fancy microphones or setup. It was all done by like, me, my iPhone, and a little corner in my bedroom. Just that and uh, lots of ideas. Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of Webflail. I'm Jack failure connoisseur and today my guest is Sara Brunettini. I came across Sara a few years ago on YouTube. She has over a decade of experience in various different domains such as UI UX design, visual design and web development but she actually started out as a graphic designer for over five years. This gave her a solid foundation for then transitioning to product design and she's currently working as a full-time contractor for Meta. She's grown a large social media following on Instagram with over 15k subs, YouTube with almost 12k subs, and 4,000 Twitter followers. She offers one-to-one mentorship and is currently transitioning to be a freelance Webflow developer. The failures we talk about today are failing to become a full-time graphic designer, failing to balance a full-time job and freelancing, and failing to build her website in Webflow. Interesting. Embrace and learn from failure in episode 34 of Webflow with Sara Brunettini. Sara, welcome to Webflow. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's awesome to actually finally meet you after watching your videos. I'm very intrigued by your your journey and for anyone that's listening who maybe um you know doesn't really understand kind of how you live and stuff. So you are um a contractor for Meta and you've and you work as a freelancer but then you also create content and how does that uh what's an average day look like for you just so people can kind of get a feel of of you and what you're up to? Yeah, sure. I love this question. So, uh, yeah, at the moment, um, I'm currently contracting for a big tech company, which is Meta, and I'm sure everybody knows uh, who Meta is. And uh, on the side, uh, I also make YouTube videos uh, and create content on Instagram. Moving forward with my career, I will also love to transition my skills uh, towards uh, web design, uh, web flow development, um, but also keep doing uh, product and UI UX design. I've always consider myself a design generalist. I love a bit of everything about design and not only what's on the screen. I'm also a big nerd when it comes to interior design, fashion design and everything in between. Yeah, so this is my this is my, my day-to-day life. Well, my focus is still my full-time job because even though I'm contracting, this is basically um, a nine-to-five, nine-to-six kind of job so uh, whenever I have time I try to fit in some content creation maybe one day I'll be writing a newsletter uh, the script for a YouTube video or creating content for Instagram Um, so I try to do a bit of content creation every day but it's not always the case. And so in terms of kind of why you started doing that did you initially start doing content creation in order to get clients or was it just because you wanted to share what you were up to and thought it would be a fun way of doing that or kind of what was the thought process behind the content creation? Yeah, sure. So uh, my content creation journey started, I think it was back in 2017, 18, when I was watching um, some other designers' channels on YouTube 
which were uh, Charlie Marie and Rand Segal, which I started to watch his videos when he had just over like 40K subscribers. And now his channel is like, growing. Uh, I'm sure it's going to hit one, a million subscribers at some point. Uh, but yeah, I was inspired by these content creators and I wanted to do something uh, on my own because I think I had a lot of knowledge to share, especially considering my uh career trajectory and all the challenges i went through and my failure my failures as well so i wanted to share my journey somehow but i didn't know how to get started because making videos was so scary and i didn't have much time uh because uh, back then i was juggling uh, well i was working my full-time job as a product designer, which was my first product design job. And also I was taking freelance web design uh, work. So there was a lot going on. And uh, and then, of course, the pandemic hit. <laughs> and I think like many of us, you know, we, we had more time to do something uh, our own. And uh, yeah, so I think when uh, my channel started, the month after the pandemic, we were all in lockdown. So I had lots of time to dedicate to my side projects and no pressure. So, uh, so yeah, because I wasn't seeing friends, I wasn't doing anything special. So I had plenty of time to dedicate to create my content. And my original goal was to create a channel in Italian because, well, if you haven't noticed uh, by my accent, I am originally from Italy. And I wanted to give back to the community, the Italian uh, community, because there's nothing about UX and UI design on YouTube. It's still like uh, the early days in Italy. So I wanted to do that. And then I realized, you know what, if I want to reach a bigger audience, I should make my content in English. Yeah, surprisingly, my channel was doing very well during the lockdown. And now the views have, have dropped because less people are guess like are watching our own youtube and um there is tiktok and all these like short form uh, videos uh so yeah it's not like growing as fast as i wanted to but uh yeah this is uh how it got started and obviously because i was watching other content creators there were more and more designers on youtube so um i went into that sort of like feeling like i want to do this i want to do that because someone else is doing it i was like really excited and motivated always thinking about content uh now things have started to slow down again because we are not in a pandemic anymore and I I'm spending my time doing other things. It sounds though that the content creation you just enjoyed doing to a certain extent. Like you were just like, wow, so many different things can happen from making content, whether that's potentially getting clients, potentially making new friends, travel, speaking events. Like there's all sorts of kind of things that might might have come of it. So you were just like let's just go. I've got something to share. I can help people. And, and there wasn't any kind of specific goal that you had in mind apart from, I just want to consistently make content. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My goal was to, it wasn't even to build an audience. Maybe it was more like to prove myself, uh, I can do it because I've always enjoyed making videos, creating content. And yeah, it was an excuse even to play around in Premiere Pro and learn all these other skills. But since this podcast is about uh, transparency, um, I'll be honest and say that the beginning was really difficult. Um, first of all, because English is not my first language. So every time I scripted something, it was weird. And I had to check with my boyfriend, who is uh, British, um, 
always like checking me, I mean, does it make sense? Does this make sense? And if you watch my first videos, um, yeah, it was a bit awkward. Um, mostly like, uh, I wasn't, uh, didn't sound that natural and spontaneous. Uh, but yeah, it's a learning curve. I still, I think, I still think I have a lot to learn uh, with like YouTube and engagement. And sometimes I watch my videos and think, oh, this is not natural. This is not like we are talking now. I can sound really natural. But if I was speaking in front of just a camera, I would probably behave differently. So there was a lot of like tears, frustration, and I want to give up. Uh, but my sick, like what kept me going is I kept everything small and simple. So I didn't have fancy microphones or setup. It was all done by like, me, my iPhone and a little corner in my bedroom. That was my setup. I didn't have anything else, uh, just that and uh, lots of ideas. It's interesting you say that you, you didn't put too much pressure on yourself to achieve a certain goal, though, because I think a lot of the time people have outcome-based goals, like they want to hit X amount of subscribers or whatever it is. But it sounds like you had more of a system-based goal. You wanted to just consistently make content and you just you were just like, I just need to keep making it to get better and better and better. And that's kind of, you know, how all these amazing opportunities have come into your life. What, two years of making content, isn't it, consistently? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I think like it's going to be three years soon. I was also thinking like maybe this can be, become like a, I don't know, maybe like a career or something like that in the future. I could be making courses. And because uh, when you when you build an audience, uh, then you can sell products, um, you can create more content, you know, you have something to sell. But I didn't start it with that in mind. Mm. I think a lot of web flowers that are listening, they're like focusing on trying to get clients. But actually, the skill sets that they have might be transferable to teach other people, you could actually, you know, create templates, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So like what you're saying, you know, if you have an audience if you build an audience that's the first step to actually potentially have like some kind of method of distribution for for that stuff which i think is insanely valuable and not thought about enough necessarily by people with creative skill sets so i think it's really admirable that you did that and out of that question what i wanted to ask was do you think that more people should in the webflow space should be actually uh, creating content um, a lot more than they are actively because i think a lot of people just post a link and it's like uh, you know there's no context for it yeah 100 percent. well i learned webflow through watching tutorials uh, and uh, that will help a lot whether it's just uh, even if it was just like a vlog where we vlog their day how we work as webflow developers it doesn't have to be that detailed tutorial but i also appreciate um yeah tutorials on how they build things uh, and also how they like handle uh, client relationships, uh, or what kind of templates they use. I would love to watch more videos like that. And I know there are already some content creators that do that. And uh, yeah, their videos have been super valuable for me. But that's why uh, even linking back to what we were saying before, I think Ran Segal, uh, for, at least for me, was a really good example of someone who used to be a freelance designer and now he built his business uh, uh, like he does tutorials uh, he has the community and all this other stuff but it all started from webflow so yeah there is so much um, opportunity to create courses uh, books or any, any type of content that is around uh, web design and webflow specifically yeah 
If you were to give any advice about the type of content that Webflow should be making, it sounds like what you're saying is whatever you're doing in your day to day, you can make content around that. Like just by virtue of being a freelancer, you can make content about freelancing and you know more than you think about templates and design systems, Figma, Webflow, how that integrates with Airtable or whatever. Like there's there's stuff that you're doing in your day to day that you can actually make content about because that seems to have been how you've approached it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I would love to see more the real projects, like how we land client opportunities process of like onboarding them and uh yeah sharing like the behind of scene of how we design and build stuff but i'm also aware that is not always possible unfortunately and uh, that would be the challenge but yeah i love more content like that yeah and so what work have you been doing for meta no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) i know that that was a joke because we are not allowed to talk about that i will be on the news tomorrow So tell me about failure number one then, failing to become a full-time graphic designer. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, before I I wanted to mention that it's very interesting that uh, we talk about failures because looking back, all my failures, they have led to something better. So I don't even now, I don't see them as failures anymore. Yes. But back then, yeah, they were big failures. And yeah, as you said, I failed to start my first freelance business. And I can talk a little bit about um, that, that story, like how I ended up um, becoming a freelancer back in 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, it was a tough time uh, because I didn't choose to become a freelancer. I just, it just happened from one month to another. Uh, back then I was working at this uh, footwear company part-time as a graphic designer. And I was also doing customer service. It was a very small company. I was doing a bit of everything even like picking and packing the shoes, sending the orders and all that stuff. So as you can imagine, um, for a creative person, this is not creative at all. So I was feeling uh, often depressed. I, I hated my job, but I didn't know how to, you know, how to change my career because that was my first and only job in the UK. I was uncomfortable with my English and um, I was afraid to take another job. So I was at the company for probably way too long until one day they they got rid of me (laughs) Uh, they decided there was enough work um, and uh, yeah I was left with one month to transition to a freelancer they they wanted to pay me on a freelance basis instead of uh, being on PAYE so I was employed before and um, yeah that meant I didn't have any clients. I didn't know how to pay my rent back then. My I didn't have any savings, nothing at all, because my salary was um, very low, <laughs> considering the cost of living in Brighton in the UK. It's quite similar to London, by the way. And uh, yeah, so that was very scary time. But my skills were in uh, print design, logo design and graphic design. So I've always knew I wanted to do that. No way I will change my mind. I didn't think I was good at web design because the way I learned web design back in Italy was a web designer is the person that builds a website in WordPress and is very knowledgeable uh, in CSS, HTML, JavaScript, and all that stuff. That's the web design. Oh, they also uh, have some visual design skills, but that was the web designer back in Italy when I was studying. 
yeah, so I was, well, no, no, no way. Uh, web design is not for me. But really, when I started uh, freelancing and talking to people about how can I help you with my design skills, all the projects were web design <laughs> focused. I quickly made the transition because that was good money, I, I must say. I, I was trying to charge, like, because I'm also open with numbers and stuff, but um, I was charging like £20 for a logo, while I could have charged uh, £2,000 for a website. Uh, and I know it's like different skills, uh, it's like a lot more work, but um, I'd rather to do the web design project and making sure I could survive for a few months. And uh, yeah, so I I didn't do, I stopped doing any print design work uh, also because I didn't find any. Like the reality is that people need more websites than uh, leaflets, brochures and all that kind of stuff, at least generally speaking. And um, yeah, I quickly learned Figma, um, which back then was a new tool. Nobody was using it. Um, so it's nice that I was one of the pioneers uh, and the tool was a lot different. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm really glad that I failed my graphic design adventure because this led me to something that I enjoy a lot more, which is web design. And later on, it became UX, UI. And uh, yeah, I still I still like um you know, packaging, gra graphic design, and all the stuff that I did back, back at uni, but it's not my focus anymore. And I know I couldn't be very good at that. Wow. So it sounds like a lot of different learnings there from this crazy getting fired situation. I mean, I think a lot of the time when people get fired, they look at the time, they're really angry. And then they look back and they say, yeah, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. It seems like a very common thing that that seems to be said but it's great that you came across um you know web design from that and so you started out with figma i guess there weren't that many content creators for figma if it was such a new tool so did figma have tutorials that you learned from or kind of how did that even happen yeah that's very interesting because uh, it happened in person i was going to uh i was going to a co-working space uh, and uh, then I met other web designers and uh, together we were, there was this girl, uh, Megan, which she helped me so much with like invoicing, uh, invoicing clients, uh, accounting and all that stuff. But yeah, she, she was also transitioning from Sketch to Figma and uh, she taught me all the basic stuff, how she was uh, working, uh, collaborating with clients. So I don't think I watched many tutorials. I don't think there were any, but I learned everything even just like by practicing and because I was so familiar with Photoshop and um, uh, Illustrator, I kind of knew it wasn't like a completely new tool for me. And then how did you get clients? Because I think that's the number one question people that are starting out. Just like, how did you get your first clients? Yeah, this is very subjective. But uh, in my experience, because I was going to this co-working space, there were many uh, web developers uh, with lots of clients so I just connected with them we started to talk and uh, in a matter of a few weeks I got my first uh, I landed my first uh, freelance opportunity and I collaborated with this developer on um, a website design and build so it all happened very quickly and I'm really glad that I pulled myself out because um, co-working space that was an investment when when I wasn't making I was 
literally losing money. For three months, I made zero money and I had to pay, keep paying rent without having savings. So uh, that was a very dark time. But um, yeah, I still put money towards uh, this like, co-working space. And yeah, finally, it paid back, definitely. And I know now it was a good investment. That's great. Because I think a lot of the time people think of co-working spaces as a cost. It sounds like you turned it into an investment by very actively connecting with people in the co-working space, saying, hey, I can help you with this and, and kind of getting collaborations from there. And what an amazing way to learn as well, because you collaborated on your first web design project. That's with someone who's really experienced that's so so awesome yeah definitely yeah i think uh, i was lucky and everyone was very friendly and supportive uh, so this is the privilege of i guess living in a big city where you can connect with more and more people yeah definitely and i, I know you say you failed to become a full-time graphic designer but those graphic design skills Obviously, there's so much overlap when it comes to brand identity design and, you know, user interfaces, etc. So I guess it's not it's not really a failure in the in the way like you talked about at the start of this whole conversation. You know, that gave you a stepping stone into, you know, web design and, and web development. So I think uh, I left the graphic design world feeling like a failure because I I also need to mention that. I failed previously in my career when I wanted to become a packaging designer. I did an internship in Milan and at the end of the internship, I was told I should change and do something different because that wasn't the career path for me. And I'm glad they said that because it was right. I I graduated thinking that I want to do packaging design. I love designing all these like nice, uh, yeah, like packagings for like products, food, uh, um, makeup and stuff. But the reality was very different. It was very technical, not much creativity. Um, and I didn't like it. So, um, yeah, I failed that in a way. And then I well, I thought I would become a fashion designer or a visual merchandiser, which it was crazy, like thinking about it back then. But yeah, w there was a time in my life where I wanted to transition to fashion. And I quickly failed again because I did an internship and uh, I realized this is not what I want to do. So my career has been like trying different uh, sectors of design and uh, just realizing, okay, this is not for me. Let's move to something else. Tell me about failure number two then, failing to balance your full-time job and freelancing. Okay, yeah, this is a follow-up to my story. So what happened after I started freelancing? So the truth is um, I also got offered a part-time job um, as a graphic design contractor and I was very happy to take it because uh, that meant uh, um, so a solid income, like a monthly income, so that I don't need to worry about paying my bills every month. Um, still is not what I want to do moving forward, but um, uh, I really enjoyed working at the company. I like the people, which for me is the number one reason I usually stay at companies. Yeah, I was still balancing. I was doing this part-time uh, graphic design job and balancing freelance work, which it was going very well at the time. So uh, I wasn't used to, again, because I want to be transparent, I wasn't used to be making so much money. And I remember that one month I earned four times more than my previous wage. 
which is yeah it was like crazy for me like i never seen so much money in my life this is sick like i'm not gonna <laughs> here. i was so addicted by oh finally they always told me you know designers can make lots of money and yeah there we are finally so i was doing working like crazy uh, amount of times and then um because uh, i was new to web design in general i started to learn more about ui ux which uh, for some reason back then they were very new things to me i didn't know about like principle like ux principles uh, um design thinking and all that stuff so i was doing a lot of learning attending lots of events in brighton for um, new newbies in uh, ui ux and um and so um i started to look my projects from a different angle like am i designing something nice uh, visually pleasant or is it also useful is it also user friendly and I didn't know that I, I kept like questioning like but who am I to design this website if I don't know anything about uh, usability and all that stuff so I became sort of I, I started to develop like an imposter syndrome thinking like no I need to learn how to how to design websites the right way I started to consider going back full-time uh, and working uh, as a product designer. So the opportunity came along and I took this product, my first product design job. Um, it was local in Brighton. So I was commuting to the office every day, but the mistake I made um, was to keep doing full-time uh, freelance work, freelance projects, because I really enjoyed working with my clients. And this is also the reason why I want to become a freelancer uh, in the future. I love working with clients. And I have lot. I had lots of work, so I was like juggling full time job to freelance projects. I was working nonstop, evenings, weekends. Um, I was driven by. I really love what I'm doing because I'm learning a lot. Um, and uh, but yeah, also like anxiety of, uh, if I stop, I will never see um, a client again. Um, and of course, you know, I was making lots of money. <laughs> Back then, I was very excited to, you know, when it was happening. I think I got into the trap of, uh, okay, this is working. Let's keep doing it until it became unsustainable. My failure is more uh, often a burning out, feeling like low motivation. I didn't have time for friends. I was unfocused when I was talking to people. And um, I kept thinking about my clients, my work, um, was becoming like a workaholic which is not a word I will use to describe myself and uh, I remember I had this friend around she came from Germany to visit me and um, one evening she was going through a breakup she was feeling really low and sad and uh, instead of being there to support her I was on my computer working for my client and yeah and then when she left I realized like the biggest the big mistake I made and I was feeling like so like sorrow it was being very apologetic but I didn't know how to apologize because I didn't want to be like yeah sorry I'm a workaholic I chose career over friends and that was uh, yeah that, that hit me really hard uh, but like no this is not what I this is not my personality this is not what I want to do that was a bad mistake I'm gonna stop uh, with this freelance work because that's not how I want to be and from there did you set boundaries and how did you how did you then take action yeah um if i remember well it didn't happen overnight but yeah i stopped taking uh, uh, client work uh, 
I was, uh, yeah, I was trying to focus on my, on even like learning new things. And I was watching lots of YouTube. Um, but yeah, I stopped taking freelance work also because I wasn't enjoying it anymore after that episode and also many others. Uh, Cause I remember arguing a lot with my boyfriend. It was like, let's go for a walk. Let's do something together. I'm, now I'm working for my clients. I started to not to enjoy freelance work anymore because, yeah, I was thinking about all the things I was missing out. And, uh, yeah, I, I started to develop like an unhealthy relationship with I don't want to do freelance. I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to do my own things. And um, I don't mind if I'm not making this money. I will figure out a way to, you know, still be able to make a good amount of money without having to burn out every week or so. Yeah, it happened eventually, but it took a few months to go from lots of clients to no clients. God, that sounds like a really big realization that this, you know, that phrase like time is money, but like money is time. So, something will be sacrificed if you, uh, yeah, if you if you put all that time you have into, into earning money. And it's great that you're um, you're still with your partner as well, because that must have been like quite difficult to transition away from that when you'd become so accustomed to that but you, it sounds like you're giving time back to your friends and family in a way that you've chosen to which sounds great oh yeah a hundred percent yeah relationships are so important and uh yeah always we need to put the priorities on them like no matter what job you do but i think they're really important yeah and so do you now have like clear boundaries when you go about your work day like do you start at a certain time and end at a certain time or because as a content creator times a freelancer times working from home like those that is like that is the triple threat of of overwork i'd imagine um so how do you manage your time yeah okay um i'm really bad at celebrating uh victories but I will do that this time. And I think that after three, four years of uh, freelance and content creation, like hustling on the side, I finally found a good balance. Uh, and I'm really happy that I achieved this. That means uh, I'm not as ambitious as I would love to be. And I see many other people doing much better, um, earning a lot more money than me. But I honestly don't care. I actually don't spend a lot of time uh, on my side projects uh, and just doing things um, on the side, not just YouTube. But yeah, anyways, yeah, I don't. I spend just a little time whenever I feel like it. Um, I will make a video. I also became quite quick at um, scripting videos, filming and editing. I do everything uh, by myself. I rarely reach out to support uh, for support, but. Yeah, I'm quite good at, um, I will just publish the thing. I know it's not perfect or maybe I don't like it a lot, but I'm not going to spend three hours, three extra hours working on a video or like an Instagram reel. I'm happy the way it is. And yeah, I'm not very ambitious, I guess, in regards to like my career and work, but that's okay for me because I'm also pre I'm prioritizing friends, family, time by myself, hobbies and all these other things and I know that many other people don't have that um I stopped comparing myself to others as well um but yeah it took me a while to get to this place but I think I have a, a really good work-life balance at the moment and I really hope it will stay for as long as it can wow so if I was to dig into that a bit so if someone's listening and maybe has kind of an unhealthy relationship with their work 
you know, they love what they do, but they're also kind of a slave to their clients. <laughs> you know, how, how did how did you kind of change your mentality from this, like, I guess this kind of hustle mentality and also comparing yourself to others and thinking, I, I need to do better and I need to earn more and stuff. How did you, because it's very easy to say, well, you need to change your mentality. You really need to have a more balanced lifestyle. How does one actually go about changing that? Yeah, oh, I love that because I think a lot about these things. And uh, one of the uh, major things, and uh, it's probably it's so cliche, but uh, I'm earning a good salary, and uh, I finally realized that money is not everything, and I'm not feeling happier now that I'm earning seven times more than my my first job in the UK. For sure, I do more things. I can travel more and uh, I'm more relaxed around the finances. And if something goes wrong with a house, I'm like, fine, I got savings. Uh, but that's not everything in life. And I realized this last summer when uh, I started we started to go out again with friends. Um, uh, the weather is nice. Uh, there's no lockdown, no restriction. And I started to laugh again. Was a day where I was laughing out loud. Um, I was a bit drunk, a bit in my in my world, and uh, yeah. And I realized when was the last time I laughed? Because I tend to celebrate success as I achieved this, achieved that. Oh wow, I'm earning more on the side than my full time job. I'm a winner. But when do we ever find time to laugh? And I enjoy like a genuine laugh with a friend. That was the best. Uh, that was the moment I realized. This is life. This is like the best. This is like what I will remember. And it's not money. It's like nothing to do with success and um, yeah, being an achiever. It's just the simple things. And um, yeah, after the summer, I realized I didn't want to go back making videos uh, on a regular basis or just spending lots of time on YouTube because the reality and what you don't see on YouTube is that before, like last year, like two years ago, I was spending every weekend uh, working on my videos every evening um, sometimes I will I used to wake up at 5 30 in the morning go to the gym come home work on YouTube and then being exhausted by 9 p.m so it was a lot of work lots of stress and lots of like oh no sorry I can't make it for like two friends uh, and family and also it's not just like when you work but it's also when you're doing other things that you keep thinking about your work um, oh I should do this I should do that while maybe you're just having a meal or a cocktail. And uh, and that's strange because I don't want, you know, to be associated with I'm the designer. You know, I do many other things that I don't share online. Uh, but yeah, I think we all we all need to like hit the rock bottom and have that moment where we are like, oh, actually, all, I, all what I've worked on, maybe it's actually like not right for me. But it's more in life. And for me, it was just a laugh with friends. Tell me about failure number three then. Failing to build your website. Okay. This is very recent. And um, yeah, so um, at the beginning of the, this year, or like I think it was around Christmas actually, when I had a little break, I had more time to think about what I, what I wanted to do in 2023. I started to seriously considering a career in um, like becoming a freelancer. Um, now that I don't like my work, my job, I actually love it. And um, I will 
I will be happy to stay a Meta for as long as I can um, while working as a contractor. Um, but it's because for my career, I want more flexibility. And this job is giving me a lot of flexibility because I can work from home and I can take my PTO whenever I want. But that's not enough for me. So I started to really think about, okay, like what does my ideal career look like? I want to be, uh, I love working with with clients. I love uh, managing my work. I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> Just very mutual to all freelancers. Uh, but yeah, that's true. I I love building the stuff the way, uh, building pro- uh, products the way I want to. And um, yeah, what should I do next? I also know that I want to do content creation, but um, I don't want to. I don't want it to be my focus. Uh, I want to keep it still as a side project because there was a time when I was thinking, oh, maybe my future is to make YouTube videos, make you know, create content, being the design content creator. And I realized I don't want to do that. It's not for me. I'm not passionate about. I like uh, creating the craft side but not so much the social media part i think is a bit can be a bit toxic and um and so i realized okay um if in the future i want to become a web flow designer and developer what is what is the first thing i should do i probably shouldn't build a website because <laughs> that's the last thing um because you know i'm I, I would probably uh, land my first opportunities through referrals, like it usually happens. You don't need to have a fancy website to start to get started. But um, I thought I wanted to brush up my Webflow skills, uh, which I started to learn Webflow many many years ago. Uh, when I, I think when I was when I was freelancing, and uh, nobody knew what Webflow was. Uh, just me uh, watching videos of Rand Segal. And uh, I started to learn Webflow. Uh, I watched all, all, all the tutorials and stuff. And then I didn't do anything for years. And now I'm back thinking, I actually really love web- building websites. And um, I think that I will, you know, do amazing work if I can design and build websites and keep doing my product design work. So um, I decided, yeah, I'm going to make becoming a freelancer my biggest goal, which doesn't have to happen this year. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but the first step I want to take is I want to brush brush up my Webflow skills um, and I can try on my website. And um, yeah, I want to start uh, building uh, my audience on Twitter with a community because the, the, the Twitter community is amazing for like Webflow. And uh, yeah, so I decided I'm going to build my website in a week and I will document my journey. So the reality is that I failed completely because it took me over a month to design. I redesigned it a hundred times uh, and uh, I didn't share my process either. I also don't think that I leverage my Webflow skills a lot because I was too focused on the look and feel. So that wasn't a, a good beginning uh, considering that now every time I look at my website, I think, oh, I wish I did something different. I wish I did that and that, but I was rushing. And uh, yeah, that wasn't a good job. But I uh, again, I learned a lot from that experience. Mm. And I, I've, got, I've got to say, I'm looking at the website now. Like, what, what do you want to do differently, or what do you feel like isn't good enough? Because it looks really clean, really clear. 
Okay, yeah. Um, I would love to sell myself more as a freelancer agency and uh, maybe like sell packages instead, uh, web design, web development, um, like the full package and sell myself more, uh, yeah, like as an agency or something more professional that is not just a freelancer. Um, and uh, yeah, I will change, um, I will probably create more pages, uh, a more detailed description of uh, my services and uh, um yeah, I'm not sure because uh, honestly, every time I come across a nice, a really well done website, I think, oh, I want to do something like this. And then I change my mind because uh, I find something better. And yeah, like our website, sometimes I think that our portfolio is always the hardest project. Yeah, de I definitely agree. But it's interesting because I feel like you are, I mean, you're a content creator and you obviously have a background in in product design and now you're offering website webflow websites so you're probably trying to work out like who you are and what you want to be known as while making the webflow website and that's obviously makes it you know harder cuz the positioning of that is you're still trying to work out kind of how you want to position yourself i'd imagine is that fair yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to position myself as an independent designer um, where I can, uh, I do my freelance work um, and uh, yeah, I work with clients and I do content creation on the side, not just to land uh, client opportunities, but also, yeah, to build my network because in the future I would love to have my course uh, and uh, yeah, maybe it will never happen. But and I'm almost like now that I'm saying it, I feel really skeptical. But because I have all these like video uh, editing skills, uh, um, I think I could do a course one day. So I think having a network is really important. And I would love to have a balance and do both. Uh, but uh, yeah, that will take time. For the final question. Uh... What is your next failure going to be? Okay, yeah, um, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's about to happen, but um, <laughs> it's gonna happen soon. Um, well, the the problem with myself, and I don't know if it's a problem, but I'm a perfectionist, and uh, even if sometimes I just I'm you know like I'm happy with uh, I always think that done is better than nothing. Uh, but I also procrastinate a lot in things. And uh, I see myself procrastinating a lot with uh, starting my freelance business and delay the process for years, for months, um, because I want to have everything ready before I start. Because if I'm going to quit my job, um, which I really love and I'm passionate about, and just to pursue the freelance uh, path, I, I want to make sure I have everything ready. And maybe it won't happen. I see a lot of challenges there. Thank you for listening to episode 34 of Webflow. And thanks to Sarah for coming on the podcast. I was really excited for this episode because I was keen to talk to Sarah about her content creation. And she has been prolific at sharing what she does with people, which has landed her great opportunities. I feel that a lot of Webflowers would get more work if they were more actively talking about what they did with people. Sharing helpful Webflow tips screenshots, short videos of what they're working on, deep dives of how they made a client's website really effective, etc, etc, etc. 
As Sarah says, just consistently sharing what you do in your day-to-day is enough for people to get a sense of who you are, how you work, and whether you are someone that they would want to work with. And that content may be videos or articles or tweets or whatever, but it's content. You're spreading your surface area for luck to be found, seen, and heard. It's important to say that plenty of successful freelancers don't post loads on social media, but I've found normally those people have built up a decent network already. Hey, if you're struggling to get clients, maybe you should think a little bit more about creating and sharing what you do in your day-to-day. Next week, episode 35, we'll be having Connor Finlayson on the pod. We've got such a good episode inbound for that. Have a great week. Until then, web playlist.